Warning. This is not your normal podcast. Its purpose is to provide thought-provoking dialogue with a slighted perspective. Here we encourage influential conversations. Give us a listen, like and share. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to CEO and the Doctor. P. Oh man, I'm I'm good, man. It's just it's uh, been a long week. Not necessarily anything that I've I've either done or hadn't done, but just all the bullshit that's happened, man. It's it's which we're gonna cover. You know, we're gonna cover a lot of it, uh, but it, it's kind of surreal to think about so much shit happening and uh, seemingly, you know, it, it's it's not ending. Yeah, that's true, man. It's, How are you it, doing? Um, I don't know, man. That. That anxiety thing, that mental stress thing, all that stuff is real. And stuff like this, man, you can't help but uh, you can't help but to think about it. And it's and it's been on my mind all week, man. So you know, we got a lot to talk about. Um, I say we just get right into it, man. So um, we'll start with the flash, and uh, that'll begin with more bad news, man. So let's go ahead and roll right into it, man. Uh, you know. It's it's wild. Of course, I don't live in Indy no more, but that's still home. And to see that uh, mass shootings actually are now um, headlines in my city was very surreal. Um, you know, it happened at the FedEx uh, plant, or I'm say complex. Eight individuals were killed. Um, you know, so that same type of story: um, gun violence, individuals mm-hmm. killed harmless innocent the whole thing and it was a young white male again i think he was 19 years old maybe an ex-employee um but what i mean you know not that you know this one highlights any 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 grander than any other ones that happened but for me it's just different because the first time you know my city um was you know I guess, you know, the next headline and it just makes you think like no one is exempt and you never know where this is going to strike. And, you know, before we could even digest that, that happened a few days ago. You hit me this morning. Go ahead and tell me about that. A couple more, right? It was a, it was a couple more. Yeah. Um, one in, in uh, Austin, Texas. And um, I sent you another one. Um, yeah, where is it at real quick? Yeah, three people uh, dead after shooting incident in Austin, Texas. Just now, it's still going on right now. And three killed, two injured in Kenosha, Wisconsin, as well. This is never ending. Um, and I was reading an article recently about you know somebody's uh, op-ed on CNN about how you know America will you know sacrifice lives for its its liberties. You know, I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want you to take my guns from me. So hell be damned. You know, we're seeing countless countless people being killed you know 
for the sake of gun ownership. Right. You know, so how can we be a country this large, this rich, and not give a damn about each other? I don't know, man. It's uh, you know, it's 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 mind blowing, man. And you know, we could speculate why we think this is happening. Um and regardless of whatever it might be, the reason for why it's happening now, like seemingly every yeah. week, I think it's it was up to 45 when the Indianapolis one happened a couple of days ago. So now you add these couple more. So yeah. now we we're nearing 50, but the end of the it, day, it's, man, it's been 45, 45 in the last 30 days, close to 50. Now with these three, it's you know, just, so. it's a trend now. And that, and that's a problem. Yes. It's a trend to wake up and, you know, go out and do something mindless and, and irresponsible and, and take lives. Yeah. And then, you know, back to regularly scheduled programming basically we try mm-hmm. to you know reset and before we even have a chance to give our you know disregards or heartfelt you know whatever warmth to the families that are involved we got to digest another one so it's getting yeah. something has to happen and it's got to happen in a grand way man so um you got to give it, 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 this is absolutely ridiculous you know just real quick before we transition, I uh, was reading this morning about how uh, the 19-year-old shooter in um, in Indy, they the, the police there confiscated two shotguns out of his house just recently, and he got two more guns legally. I mean, you know, we, that's going to be something that you know forever and a day is going to be like you know the right to possess and 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 have weapons and and uh ammo you know that's part of our legal rights given under the constitution but then you have situations like this you know like yeah and like you said like some were confiscated then you just go and get others and at at what point are we going to say every time you bring up you know stopping gun violence or trying to reduce the amount of guns in circulation will people stop trying to say that that's somebody, you know, infringing on their rights? I mean, I feel like there's got to be some kind of, there's got to be some kind of compromise between the NRA and, you know, government officials, because this is getting, this is getting way too common, way too common. This is an epidemic. This is an epidemic. Yeah. And it's been going on for far too long. You know, Uh, I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I I really, I wish that, that this was something that we can actually explore and actually come up with some, you know, some concrete uh, solutions. But, you know, as long as people don't care until it happens to them, yeah, nothing never changes. Yeah, and that's that's something we can see with anything, um, whether we're talking gun violence or we're talking, you know, whatever it might be, taxes, COVID. COVID yeah. And yeah. Until something actually affects the individual, you know, people tend to not care. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's enough about the mass shooting. So let's get into another situation that happened this week. That being, uh, the actions of staff starting Pentland down in South Carolina. So P, I'll let you kick this off if you want to kind of lead in. So he lives in a gated community and, uh, he and his wife are in the house. I guess he sees this, uh, this black young man walking down the street. So he rushes from his home, no shoes. The video's out there. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the video and he literally, uh, harassed and it cost this this guy. Um, luckily, there was uh, another bystander that was watching the actions of uh, Pentland, Mrs. Pentland, and uh, how they, you know, pretty much verbally and physically assaulted uh, this guy named DeAndre. 
uh, nowadays everybody's got video. So the video went viral and uh, this guy, not only has he been, you know, he stands to uh, be pretty much run out of his neighborhood for these actions. Uh, he also stands to lose his, his military career. He's 42 years old. So he's probably been in the army for at least 10 years. And, uh, this is where you remember how we used to talk about when we were, you know, when we were in air force, well, you're still in when, when we worked together, uh, you never know who's watching. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for one, let, let's, let's just, you know, he accosts this black kid, right? Go to work. <laughs> the senior enlisted guy for the base is black. The commanding general is black. Do you not have the wherewithal to understand repercussions? I mean, series of dominoes falling. How this impacts you. But anyway. Nah, you know, I I mean, perhaps maybe that that wasn't even in mind because at that moment, you know, here you are someone saying something of, of of the sort of, you know, we're a tight knit community and he's feeling like I'm doing a, a grand action by, yeah. as you said, um, impeding, you know, the impeding on the lip, the liberties or infringing on the liberties of this individual walking through the neighborhood. Now I will say this, here's where this story gets Who, somewhat and, weird. And DeAndre lives in that neighborhood. True. And I feel like it's going to get somewhat weird because, you know, apparently there mm-hmm. was two unfiled or, or or just, I don't know, complaints that were made about him that same week leading up to the day right. of this situation. So I don't know if yeah. Pentland had any kind of um, knowledge of that, but, you know, it seemed as if he was trying to, you know, uh, at that point enforce a certain code and again, we can go back to what we talked about with Lieutenant last week, the words yeah. that are chosen, you know, so the way he was saying certain things to him, you know, it was basically telling him like, you don't belong here, you know, regardless. Yeah. And then there's yeah. certain things that are then I feel like, you know, it gets kind of wild because then you create a situa- situation where, again, me being a black person, I'm supposed to comply to whatever you told me so tell me where you live Mm -hmm. uh you know i ain't never seen you around here that must mean you don't you're not from around here whatever it might be those things is when it gets a little wild and of course you know he curses the kid out he then you know actually puts his hand on him um and i want to go to the tight knit thing for a minute because what we end up seeing um and sometimes you don't realize what you asked for, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah. Um, hold on, I gotta find it. We could talk about it. But basically, he oh, was he. It's, it's a tight knit neighborhood, but I don't think that he's involved. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's included. And that's where I was going because, yeah. uh, you know, everyone seemingly um, came out. You know, he said, "Hey, yeah. you look, this is a tight knit neighborhood." But on the behalf of the young boy, um, everyone yeah. came out to support him. BLM walk through the neighborhood, the whole thing. And what I haven't seen is the tight knitness of his neighborhood, of his people right. coming out um, in in support of him. So then that's kind of a little contradictory there. So I feel like maybe, again, somebody was trying to be more than what they're supposed to be. Here we go. I finally got mm-hmm. it. Okay, so if you guys can see this. Um, yeah. yeah. This is literally in the neighborhood, probably across the street from his house. 
think his house is probably over to the right as you look at the picture. Yeah, looking at that picture. Um, yep. Yeah, looking at that picture. So I've I've seen a few different shots of protests outside this guy's house. And all he does is peek out the window. None of his supposed tight-knit neighbors have come out to support him or even say anything as far as um, any information that I've seen. Right. Uh, so he's he's standing on this uh, this little island by himself that he created. But to me, a larger issue is how empowered uh, some people with that white skin feel. I mean... And that's and that becomes the issue, man. It really becomes the issue because rather than we, you know, and we're gonna talk about this later, you know, because there's things that it's hard to digest, and we've talked about this ad nauseum before, but they just continuously happen, right? So I don't want to, you know, jump into the the future segments here. We're gonna have shortly, but it's just like as you said, somebody can do something or say something or act a certain way because of what they look like. But the other mm -hmm. side of that story is the opposite can't. I can't right. defend myself. I can't, you know, claim, you know, ownership to anything because of what I look like. And I don't yeah. ultimately have a fair shot in whatever the situation might be, whether it be a routine traffic stop, whether it be me walking through the neighborhood, whatever the hell it may be. I seem mm -hmm. to always be the one that's at the disadvantage. You know, and I think that that's what this whole show, Iniquities, that's what we're kind of talking about. So more to come with Pentland. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we'll be um, kind of awaiting that. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to start with, like, these are the things that, you know, I feel like, you know, just like last week with Lieutenant Nazor, these affect our mental health situations, and they may not even have anything to do with us personally. But you get right. tired of feeling yeah. and seeing something of, you know, injustice. And you just you have to yourself, digest it. You see yourself or you see somebody that you love in each one of these situations. Yeah. You know, because these people look just like us. This is true. Each time that they happen. And that this, this, you know, inequities is rooted in America's history. You know, um, people of color and non-whites have always had to be um, subservient. Mm -hmm. historically in america so you know that sense of empowerment that they've they've um taken historically you know it still permeates in, in a sense uh to where you see you know white cops dealing with black suspects differently than they would people that look like them so perfect segue fly absolutely fly you know um meanwhile on the other end of that spectrum, uh, compliance is optional. And that leads us um, into the ass a doctor and uh, mistaking a gun for a taser. So I, I, I titled the segment that because that's what, you know, the police chief or whatever he was, I, he came mm -hmm. out and said that. Yeah, the former um, police chief. The former yeah. p police chief. He come now. Yeah. What's what's wild about this is a lot of people are putting their careers on the line mm -hmm. because of the blue line. And what I and what I mean by that is instead of calling a situation what it truly is, you'd rather come out with a statement like that that leads you to then step away. Instead of saying, hey, look, you know what? There's more investigation to be had, however, comma, but 
it's clear that our officer acted in a very inappropriate way. Right. Whether she feels sorry for her actions, whether she, you know, lost track of the situation, whatever it may be, blah, 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 blah. Her actions were undoubtedly wrong and leave it at that and then go forward with whatever may happen. But they rather come out and say dumb stuff like this, you know, just like we heard the other, you know, other guys say with the mass shooting a couple of weeks ago, he was just having a bad day. Like you can't, you got to really, <laughs> you got to really know who's, who's listening to you when you're giving your um, yeah. interviews. And if you're not ready, say you're not ready because mistaking a gun for a taser, you sent me something from another, another cop who said, how the fuck do you do that? It's very, very right. difficult to do that based on what side is dominant, based on weight, the whole nine. It's very difficult for me to fuck that up. So we're not going to roll with you must mistook a gun for a taser. I can't and get down with that, Miss Kim it Potter. Worse, though. It gets worse, though. She's a 26-year police force veteran. Yep. Either. You can't tell me you you can't tell the difference between a taser that weighs ounces versus a gun that weighs two point six pounds when it's loaded. Not to mention, tasers are bright freaking yellow. They're yeah. plastic. If you can't tell the difference between the, the feel of plastic versus metal, and you're a twenty six year veteran, you should not even be on a police force. You know and and. <laughs> There's, there's a, 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 this country's always had a great relationship with police and uh, how much power we've been, we've, we've given them. Uh, and therein lies the problem. Uh, we, we thought at the beginning of these body cams, body cams would change all of this stuff with the advent of cell phones and video phones. Um, we figured things would change. All it's done is increase the awareness. Now we know this shit is happening at a more prevalent level than we may have thought. And how empowered the police are these days is they don't care about the video evidence. They don't care. They're still going out here doing it. There's no sense of, 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 of you know, repercussions. If I do these things, my, my body cam shows this, this, countless people videoing these things what's going to be the outcome but the outcome is usually the same they can excuse it away you know i i i'm a 26 year veteran i thought it was a taser i, I thought it was my taser no you didn't no you didn't and the unfortunate part about all of this is our legal system as long as you 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 it's still a bit of doubt in someone's mind in a jury. All you need is one. And you win. This becomes, instead of a cold-blooded murder, it becomes merely a mistake. At best, she'll get 10 years. At worst, I, I well, at worst, she'll get 10 years. And she, she'll probably just get a couple, if that. But when does it end? That's 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 the question. And here's here's where you know I'm I'm disappointed in our current administration. We've had countless shootings, countless murders of black and brown people. And I've yet to see 
this administration say anything about police reform? You know, I wanted to, I, I thought I was going to be able to hold that, what I want to talk about till later, but I think yeah. it, I think it, the perfect segue to go into that is here. So we got a, we got a kid, Dante Wright, uh, allegedly yeah. has a warrant for having some weed when he was younger. Apparently the warrant got sent to a the wrong house. No he didn't know yeah. he was, it was a warrant and he got stopped for an air freshener, which was, you know, in the way obstructing view on the rear view, blah, blah, blah. Traffic stop happens, ends up in one single shot. He gets back in the car, tries to drive, I don't know, half a block later, maybe it was a quarter block, whatever it was, you know, he He's dies. Dead. Okay. So that's that situation. So the fact that he even got to the gun in a shot over something as simple as, hey, we stopped you for air freshener, whatever, body cam shows what it shows, boom, kid lost. But then you look mm -hmm. in the same fucking city. Minnesota's hot right now. Minnesota got to yeah. really get it yeah. together. From George Floyd last year to this. And now we have, as I call it, the Minnesota maniac. This motherfucker <laughs> is absolutely endangering cops' lives, endangering civilians that's on the road, slammed his truck into cop vehicles because they had them boxed mm -hmm. in. There's a cop that is seemingly hanging on for dear life on the yeah. the door and the actual yeah. uh the the step mount as this idiot just speeds off so what i'm getting at is now here's where it's tough for me of course they got this one guy outnumbered by a lot nobody seems to be escalating the situation with weaponry i.e as i see him backing up and slamming into fucking my car your car trying to make some room i'm shooting tires out you know yeah. we ain't we ain't even gotta go like let's start shooting at him i'm shooting the fucking tires out at least yeah. none nothing yeah. no weapon reduce reduce the threat nothing and they let an officer hang on for dear life as he fucking now is clear and barrels down the road at some high speed so where is the fucking force in a situation like that? Where's I'm the force? I'm going to add one one other thing that that I recently read about that whole situation. So the cop was stuck in the window, right? And he had this little hammer. I guess you know they kind of like asked where they break. He was trying to break out the window. He broke out the window. The guy grabbed the hammer and was start and started beating him upside his head with it. So you put your life on the line in that situation in the yeah. in the not in the event of a hey I'm doing what I need to to put the guy down but instead I'm going to fucking superman ride this door and hope this dude doesn't kill me cuz he clearly out of his mind but what is he he's mm -hmm. a white man older white man 61 year he's old 61 years old yeah. and nothing in our minds all the officers that respond that day said we should probably Stop the threat. I'll just put it like that. Stop the threat. But when you pull up to my car and you see my skin, a lot of the times I'm already a fucking threat without doing yeah. anything. That's where the issue arises with me. Because we cannot, and I say this all the time, I cannot keep witnessing situations like that where cops mm -hmm. are doing everything in their power not to use their weapons to include putting themselves in immense danger. Yeah. But a kid, a fucking kid now, there's nothing imposing about Dante Wright. Stature, nothing. He's a scrawny little nah. kid. Not a nothing. Right. And y'all got him outnumbered two to one again. Yeah. And y'all can't restrain him with without weapons, killing him. 
with weapons. Yeah. No doubt. So, so there's no, no way I can continue to watch one side live to tell another day. Because how many mass shooters have we seen like that? Hell, even fucking FedEx boy, he ended up taking his own life. But I don't know if, you know, yeah. cops had a chance to respond yet. Moral story is either they get to have their day in court or they end mm-hmm. up taking their own lives. But rarely yeah. is it because their cops have done taken. it. But never, what, but their what, are hardly ever taken. And what stats will tell you. Is more yeah. white people die in these situations than black, but we just know that's just common math because there's more white people than black people in this country. Yeah. So we yeah. got to get it's off of that narrative. Game at that point, it's just numbers at that point. <sighs> it's it's unfortunate know, that um, perceived threats are escalated to the point of death when actual threats are not. Yeah, and and what's. I'm telling you, this is where the the mental anxiety, this is where the mental health kicks in because it's shit like this. You know, I'm not sitting here stewing because I'm like, well, fuck, they should have shot him if they if they shot the black kid. You know, there are people out there like that. Right. I'm not claiming to be that situation. This isn't even about let's let's like, you know, level the playing field. Yeah, that's not it's not comparison. That's not the argument. That's not the argument. All this isn't about this is about inequities. You know, why can't people of color get the same benefit as white people. I can't remember what mass shooting was. There's been so many when they, you know, the ESPN interviewed Doc Rivers and said, uh, he said something along the lines of, of after all the things we've done for this country, after showing how much we love this country, why don't they love us? Yeah. Man, that's, that's a deep statement, man. You know, and digesting something like this, you know, like, and I hate to say it because a life's a life regardless of the situation. But, you know, I think that it's, you could sit home and watch, you know, that headline come up and see what was going on and be like, damn, the cops had to kill that do- that guy today. That sucks for his family. That sucks for the situation. But you know what? I understand they had to do what they had to because this fucking clown was endangering lives and potentially going to yeah. kill somebody with the way he was acting. So they put him down versus, wait a minute, this this kid had a air freshener in a car. Uh, he asked some questions. Sure, he kind of broke loose, whatever. She said, I'm going to tase you. I'm going to tase you. And then she ended up shooting him. And then she realized, oh, shit, I shot him. Mm. Yeah, it's tough to deal with. Or Lieutenant Azor, yeah. like, you know, you ought to be scared that I pulled you over. You in trouble now. Yeah. You ready to ride the lightning? Like, this is what we gotta listen to. So, you know, man, these are not mistakes. End of the day, no. Kim Potter, no. that's not a fucking mistake. Someone's life taken. No, it's not a mistake. It's not a fucking yeah. mistake, especially when you say one thing you thought was the other thing. You know, fuck yeah. no. There's too many things that that your training, your time on the fucking force, as you've said, just the, yeah. the dynamics of the two situations. I mean, the dynamics of the two objects, they're different. They feel different. They look different. Um, you know, and then I look at it. You were not alone. You had a, you know, a riding partner with you. You know, he was yeah. there. So, you know, though you pulled the trigger, there has to be better communication. And so in my in my opinion, he deserves some of this blame too. 
You know, we yeah, escalate. Yeah, we're going a little far too quick or whatever the fuck it might be. What I don't know. Taser? What are you doing? You know, Kim, that's not your taser. Kim, that's not your taser. Some yeah, shit. Something. Um, something. You know, but I, I, I think that, you know, for one, unions have too much power and qualified immunity, qualified immunity is is so empowering for these guys. They know they're not going to face any personal repercussions from this. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Because the law the law protects them. You know, until unions are disbanded and qualified immunity is gone, this will continue. You know, I, I, now I, I'm going to look at this from, try to look at it from the most optimistic, optimistic of ways. Okay, we saw during the George Floyd trial, um, countless officers pretty much, you know, um, speak out against his actions, uh, against uh, Derek Chauvin. They they spoke out against his actions. So maybe, maybe we we will start to see a crack in this this blue line of silence. You know, because it's amazing. They and we're gonna talk about it later. I'm not gonna go into. It. Let's let's transition to the next phase, man. To the, to the okay. next subject. And uh, you know, before we do it, the last thing. I mean, still in Minnesota. Minnesota's super hot. With them um, anticipating the verdict from the trial, which will come this week, as you predicted, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to come on Wednesday. They have already closed schools. They basically trying to shut the city down. And that lets you know, maybe, you know, history, you know, has has given them certain, you know, milestones to remember and be like, hey, look, I won't call it a milestone, but certain things to remember to be like, hey, look, you know, maybe in preparation of this, this is what we need to do. But that just shows you how far gone we are because you have to prepare the city for bad news. Like, because we all know if he is not convicted, if he's not, you know, seen as guilty, if he is none of those things, then that's bad news. And I think everyone knows it to include the police department by trying to do all they can Mm -hmm. to get ahead of this thing before it even has an opportunity to actually come to light, which will be on Wednesday. So that's just, that's mind blowing that, you know, it's almost as if, you know, we're prepping like, Oh, and the, you know, president's going to be here. So we got to make sure, you know, we got all these precautions in place. This is what we're doing for a criminal trial. This is insane. It's fucking crazy to me. So my prayers go to Minnesota before Wednesday and that we can actually get through the week because it's going to be, man, this this has the potential to be be very bad. It's going to be in a very intense intense week. Okay, so let's take some light for a second, <laughs> you know, yeah. before we get right back into some something of, of death. But uh, let's have some fun real quick with some news. So, news. <laughs> you dropped this one on me earlier in you know earlier last week, and I'm like, what the fuck? Tell me about us, your bucks, man. Tell uh, well, so. I guess it, I guess the story goes. I'm trying to find the picture of my Usher buck. So basically, I guess that he had in promotion of something. I can't remember what the something is. Um, you know, he was in a club and doing his thing and having his you know his party or whatever, like like most people do. And there was money being tossed, or so we thought, <laughs> right? Um, but then I guess as things started to come to light and people actually started to look at the bucks, it was 
Usher's face, not old Ben Franklin's face, <laughs> on the $100 bills. And he states that it was all promotional, but it's caught right. a little bit of like negativity and light because of the way it was being used. I mean, we were tipping people with this or so or so I guess everybody thought because, you know, they were being thrown, you know, nowadays in the club, if you're not throwing money, you ain't got money or whatever they say, some shit like that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the Usher Bucks, man. So I feel like, you know, news, news, we always try to have some fun and make sure we give y'all something good. Um, I can't believe here we go. I think I got my Usher Buck now. Let me see. There we go. There's my Usher Buck. Okay. Y'all got that? <laughs> wow. There it is. Wow. So if you see, and it's shaped and looked like a yeah. hundred, the whole thing. Now you got to. If you don't, it's even got the security uh, <laughs> print across the middle of it. If you don't pay close attention, you'll just see a hundred and you're going to grab that mug. Yeah. And you're just going, all right, cool. And they were in circulation. Now, of course, you can see his name, Usher, and all But we're thinking club scene, whether it be nightclub, strip club, whatever, like, you know, whatever. You can't see that shit. Money's flying. Yeah, man. So now, you know, he's kind of, you know, getting clowned for doing the whole Usher Buck thing. But again, you know, he said he was trying wow. to promote himself or promote whatever he was promoting. I, I don't have it up. It happened at the beginning of the week. So I should have had it queued up in my notes. But, uh, you know, this is just a small, wow. small break from, you know, us talking about deep things. But Usher Bucks, man, like, so we can't make this shit up. Every week is something wild. Last week it was Paul it, Pierce. It itself up <laughs> Usher doing. <laughs> Man, so now we'll uh, we'll get right back to it and get back to um, you know things that of importance, and we're gonna go into conversations, man. And uh, I know we've yeah. both talked before about how you know, like Trevor Noah, he always seems to hit home with his thoughts. Um, he's he has some very thought provoking dialogue um, with sometimes his guests on his show, or he'll just like this. He just you know went live and and made a you know, individual video um, about, as the title says, good apples and where are the good apples. Now, P, I'll let you go ahead and drive this one um, and then we'll get into this because there's, there's a lot to be said here. Yeah, that, that the video kind of struck me because there's so much truth in it. Um, every time that, that we see these shootings and stuff, um, we always hear that, um, well, this that's just, you know, one of the bad apples. It's one of the bad apples, but we never see any of the good apples. We never see those good cops out there um, doing the job the right way. And we never see those good cops um, holding those bad apples accountable. You know, we always see the bad apples out front and they get all the attention, you know, rightfully so, given everything that they they continually do. Uh, You can't say that there's only a few bad apples when I, I I don't see the good apples. I don't see the good cops doing anything about the bad ones. Uh, now we can take into account that the you know cops that that um, that testified against Derek Chauvin and the one cop that you know we we saw in the clip about you know the difference between a gun and a taser. Uh, we could take those as examples of good apples. But where's the consistency in it? Um, this is a it's a problem within the police force. And until the police actually do something about it, it won't change. You know, it, it, 
like like we talked about, racism won't change until white people make a change. These abusive are... cops won't change until other cops get rid of those abusive cops. But the silence just further empowers these guys to continue to do the things that they do. So we see these, you know, these these shootings over and over and over and over again. And then, you know, to to put it in light of our main topic, you know, the, the title of the show, Inequities, we see on the other end of the spectrum, maybe the good, maybe the good apples are the ones that respond to these these mass shootings and actually apprehend the mass shooter after this, the person kills three, five, 10, 20 people, and they take them to Burger King. Yeah, they, get them some food. Is that to the- make them comfortable? Does that mean that's a good apple, right? Like, you know, and, and yeah. as my perspective on this is, you know, whether you're parenting, whether you're in a certain position of power, respect, or whatever, there's this carnal rule of, you know, you do not undermine the the person of authority. And what we're what we're seeing here in a lot of these situations is we just have to assume, you know, the cop that's usually being more aggressive is the one that is of rank and file in these situations. We can even see that on Lieutenant Nazor's situation because, you know, the younger cop seemed to, yeah, he had some moments of being kind of vocal and aggressive, but then he was the one that was like, hey, man, we're trying to help you, while the other cop was still fired up. So it can be assumed safely that the older cop was the one that was more dominant and in charge. So what I'm getting at with the whole undermining thing, that needs to be something that's out of the fucking equation. Yeah. If I'm riding along, I don't give a fuck if I've had my gun and badge and I've been riding with you for a week. And I might be brand new and I don't know shit about left, right, or up or down when it comes to being a beat cop day to day or whatever it might be. But what I do know is whatever goes wrong here, both of us are going to get mm. investigated. We're going to get grilled. We're going to be put in a fucking ringer where, A, we're probably going to get suspended and or lose our jobs altogether because somebody made a wrong decision and I kind of went along with it. So I'm an accomplice to watching you do fucked up shit. That's where undermining needs to come in because we need to get a rule. We need to get a, a away from, oh, well, he's a lead officer. He was in charge. Well, lead officer. In this situation, maybe it's Kim. I'm going to tase you. I'm okay. So you put that out there. We need to both calm down and come off that fucking fence a little bit. Cause is that what we need to be doing? We are trained to apprehend and subdue individuals lethally and non-lethally. I feel like we just skipped the non-lethal part, went straight to the lethal part. And now she said it was a mistake, but fuck that. Top of the, the top of the spectrum. Yeah. Top of the, the the damn use of force spectrum. Let's go to the peak. So to for me, a good apple, a good apple is not afraid to speak up with the body cam on while being recorded, whatever. Hey, officer fucking whoever, bro, calm down. Maybe you look at me fucked up, maybe whatever, but I don't give a shit. We can we can discuss all this shit later when everyone at the scene right here is still breathing and able to tell their side of the story. There's three sides of the story, your side, my side and the and the truth. Right. But when we I just feel like nobody is a, is 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 doing right by the good apples that are out there because we don't see it. There's not enough of it. I'm not going along with the bullshit. Probably not enough. 
I'm not. If if we're both, you know, assigned to be with each other, sure, we're going to have a code of conduct. We're going to have a code of respect. And I am going to listen to my superior when I need to. However, in situations that I know wrong is wrong, and hey, this is going south very, very quickly, and someone can do something about this if they just have the fucking guts to do it, I'm going to fucking do it. You might be upset. You might think that I'm challenging your authority, whatever the fuck it may be. But what you're not going to do is have me be a witness to a murder because you don't know how to fucking control mm -hmm. your rage. That's a good apple. So where the fuck are they at? Yeah, thank you for the videos telling me how a gun and a taser is different. Appreciate you. Thank you for going up there and testifying on the stand that, you know what, everything that that cop did, that was wrong. Appreciate you. But body cam footage, after action footage, while we're actually looking at the footage, where the fuck are the good apples at? Just like Trevor so was saying. Here's, here, here's what happens to good apples. Okay, black police officer in Buffalo, New York, who was fired in 2008 for intervening when a white colleague employed a chokehold while uh, she's giving her back pay anyway. She was reinstated, but she was fired because she stopped her, 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 a white cop from uh, doing a chokehold on a handcuffed suspect. Mm -hmm. The other cop got so irate at her, he punched her in the face, and her police department fired her. God bless. Wow. They fired her. So just last week, a judge, because she took them to court, a judge uh, basically ordered the police department to pay her two years back pay and reinstate her pension. That's what happens to good cops. That's what happens to good, good apples. Wow. See, I, and that's what's that's what's really wild, man. Like, you know, we can go Boston police now. Right. Uh, we oh, could talk about God. the fucking molester out there. They knew this guy was a molester for decades, decades. Yeah. And they still yes. let him keep a position of fucking authority. So in a situation like that, you have to ask a question like, you know, what the fuck did they have on him? You know, jokingly, when we're talking sports or something, you know, we'll take the case of, uh, what was that, uh, not Herm Edwards, what was the coach for the, for the long, Marv Lewis, Marvin Lewis. Like, how the fuck did Marvin Lewis keep his job? He must yeah. have had some kind of dirt on Cincinnati. Right. But not being funny here, really being <laughs> truthful, like, how the fuck do you have a fucked up piece of shit like this who has tons and tons of, you know, now charges against him, I think it's upwards of, 33 yeah. and I don't know, some kind of crazy yeah, number charges against him now. But yeah, like I'm saying, like you knew this and you did nothing. You knew this and you did fucking nothing. Yeah. yeah so what we're we talking, we, we had, you know, years and years and years of, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say invest. Yeah. Investigated. He had been investigated. Yeah. And you know, everybody investigated this guy. Yeah. And they just kept him around, man. So, you know, yeah. it, how? Why? Not just kept him around. This guy ascended within the department to become the union president. Yeah. He was the president of over 1,500 uniformed patrolmen. This is the, repre this and, is the representation. And, and, and all right, the initial um, complaint was he molested someone while he was working in child sex crimes. And they left him in child sex crimes. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable you know, and so situations like that, man, where, you know, we say good apples. I mean, this is beyond good apples. This is, you know, like, yeah. where's anybody with any, any morals? 
Like, I know this. You know, like, it's one thing to be out there and I see my guy, you know, the, my partner I roll with, he just racially profiling, you know, rolling up, fucking with people. You know, a good yeah. apple needs to be like, look, that's wrong, that's fucked up, I'm reporting you. But we know that this motherfucker yeah. has a a absolute fucked up history and we're keeping him in an apartment where people are coming to mm-hmm. him, you know, already in very dire situations with their with their situation. And we got this type of guy that they're supposed to believe yeah. in? Come on, man. Like it. Look, I read this is one of them. The one case that stood out to me the most. Um, the man molested a boy when he was twelve. Years later, he molested that that now adult daughter. He molested the father and the fucking and and the daughter. Unreal. Like I don't even know how he put himself in this situation to still be in the lives of the man's daughter that he did molest as well Amazing, when he was a man. child. I don't I don't know, man. But the, I, I mean uh, got to start over. It's a lot of it's a lot of departments. It's got to be fucking unzippered yeah. and yeah. purged and started. I mean, no you can't, you know, completely, you know, I guess minimalize the police force, but all right, you know, we 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 taken out 40% of y'all overnight. Mm-hmm. But goddamn it the same way we have enlistment contracts or whatever, perhaps maybe that's what it is. Perhaps something like that is instituted where like, you know, your, your yeah. cop days are not just until a, you get in trouble, B you do something dumb and you get fired or, you know what? I just want to get a better job. Nah, perhaps maybe it's like, yeah, we're gonna cap on your time. you got windows. Yeah. Hey, you got after yeah. your three year evaluation, you ain't cutting it, bro. You out of here. Yeah. I mean, you got to create something. Yeah. You got to create something. Shit. I mean, it, yeah. it's almost like you're enlisting when you become an officer. Yeah, you know, you got to swear in. You got to do the whole fucking thing. But, but like, like they tell us when we're, we're in the military, it's not a right. It's a privilege. Yeah. And that's where, that's where the whole dynamic has been completely skewed is they feel like once they put that badge on, they have that gun. It's no longer a privilege. They don't, they're not protecting and serving. That's just, you know, words on a car. Yeah, they are in that job to do whatever the hell they want because they can do it without any consequence whatsoever. History has shown there's little to no consequence for what cops do. Now, every blue moon, they'll throw the world, a, you know, a, a, a pound of flesh. You know, the cop that killed Quan McDonald got 14 years in Chicago, but that does not cover for the countless other murders that cops have committed in Chicago, one of which was a 13-year-old kid just recently shot in cold blood. Mm. Yeah, Chicago. Another mistake or another situation yeah. where we thought something was something. Body cam footage is showing one thing. The cop's statement is cops perhaps something another. else. So, I yeah. mean, again, man, as we close conversations, good apples. You know, where are you? present yourselves yes. and not always after the fact you know the, you have to be preemptive in this thing you have to think forward you know what i mean i want to stop issues before they actually have a chance so when we know there's bad apples the Derek chauvin's of the world others countless others why are we afraid to stop them remove them 
before their own trial. Think about it. Okay, man. So uh, moving into our last little segment here, CO's final note. Uh, let's get queued up. Um, this really, um, this really had me thinking all week, man. So I'm gonna just let mm-hmm. it, uh, let it play. Here we go. You say I got black friends, and you can't empathize with what the plight that they're going through right now. You don't have black friends. You know black people. There's a difference between the two. See, that's what that's what we're starting to see when they speak out. He, the Brian Erlachers and all these other talking about I got black friends. No, you know, black people, because you you like empathy. You see what they're going through. You see what's happening and you pretend because it's political. If now that's Shannon Sharp <clears throat> speaking on Undisputed and. So many times I've I guess I've tried to figure out the best way to say this because I hate to say it, but yeah. it's always sort of a you know a scapegoat when these type of things arise people be like you know well i'm not racist i got black friends and not this and that when you lead with i got black friends you've already kind of missed me i don't need you to lead with that what i need you to lead with is complete respect for the situation then speak on your own personal you know relationships but when you say I got black friends, what are you really trying to it, it to me? It, there's two things yeah. happening. <laughs> like either you're trying to be conscious um, because maybe you're speaking to, you know, a lot of minorities or mm-hmm. you're trying to, I guess, speak over the truth of what you just witnessed. And you're trying to yeah. give the black life you don't know a voice in your own by saying, well, I don't treat people like that because I got black friends. But ultimately, you're not even understanding the situation because you're afraid of the conversation. You're afraid of the conversation that that talks about race. Unfortunately, we're never going to get away from that. So you leading with race doesn't doesn't give me a good feeling either. Well, I got black friends. I don't give a fuck. That don't mean anything. You're not empathizing with what's going on. Okay, and I get it. People out there marching, standing right next to Black Lives Matter and all that. This is not about that. This simple statement for me, I have black friends, is you sometimes wanting to escape the truth. The truth is a lot of somebodies that may be white or look like you are killing a lot of somebodies that may be black and look like me. And that's a conversation that I feel like most people don't know how to remove their themselves. I'm not blaming you because you didn't kill anybody. But right. I'm not going to also say, well, that person that, that, that shot him, they're something other than white if they're not. They're white. And that's what you need to understand. Don't tell me that your black friends give you a pass because they're not. we're not here to give anybody a pass. And that doesn't give you, you know a tangent to go off to not face the truth. Everybody's hands got to be, got to be put in, you know, and unfortunately they're not really hearing mine. They're not. Yeah. I want them to hear yours just as loud as I'm trying them to to hear mine. So if you got black friends, get up there and tell your congressman, you got black friends. Don't fucking tell me. If you got black friends, get up there and tell your president, you got black friends. Don't fucking tell me. And, 
and and to me those that use that um it's it's their way of trying to absolve themselves of any sense of responsibility to change things well i have black friends so i'm on the right side of history even even if that's true your your voice has weight that your black friends voice don't and that's that's a sad reality, but a true reality, even in modern day 2021. Because you know what? Frederick yeah. Douglass had black friends. He had to play a certain role. He had to become something a little bit untrue of himself while remaining true to himself to get what he wanted accomplished. We shouldn't still be trying to like ride the fence here. If you're telling me you got black friends, help your black friends. Stand up with your black black friends and do more than protest, man. Do right by like we talk about this shit all the time, you know. And I'm not trying to get way down into the weeds and tell people how to live their lives and vote and all that. But I tell you what, if you know the person you voting for does not consider your black friend, think about what you voting for versus what you might think you're voting for. Oh, my tax is gonna be higher if that dude is in. But is this guy over here thinking mm -hmm. about your black friend you claim to have? Is he making it level and equal and, and it's going to be a better place overall to exist in America? Or is just your tax bracket going to be somewhat yeah. forgiven? What are you really voting for? And that's what I'm saying. Don't use black friends when it's, I guess, comfortable because you're in a room full of them versus... I had a chance to do something with my voice, whether that is dropping it in a ballot box or going out there to petition, protest, whatever it might be, to make things equal. Because you know what I don't want my kids to have to listen to? Because he's six years old and a whole different another generation when he's my age is I got somebody told me I had black friends. <laughs> that's something that's got to die off. I don't know, man. That's just how I feel, you know. I'm not trying to come off the wrong way with that, but it's just overly used, overly used. And just think about the last four and a half years, really, you know, and having served in the military, I, I have come to know a lot of white people. And over the last four and a half years, a lot of those same white people have revealed themselves that I'm just a black person. I'm not a black friend. Yeah, um, that's true. I've been there. I've had to unfriend some. Um, I've had some ugly yeah. conversations yeah. with some. And the conversations, I guess, maybe perhaps both sides feel that they're right. I felt that I was right. Maybe they felt that they were right as well. But at the end of the day, we couldn't see past our differences. And, you know, before it had a chance to become something, you know, it shouldn't have been, we just equally decided we should, you know, part. But that showed me at that point, like, perhaps just maybe perhaps for the longest i had maybe known that i was just somebody they knew and then mm. mentally just allowed myself to feel like a friend and that's something yeah. you know everybody talks about cleaning up their you know, friends list and all that i'm not telling everybody to go out there and weed them out but sometimes you can't help it you just show who you are you just show who yeah. you are and conscious things i know the media hype stuff what we see hype stuff but there's a there's a level of consciousness as well you know like you can have all the feeling you want about the george floyd Derek chauvin thing and then you have to break it down to one thing 
Take all the color out. Take everything else out. Just let me stand on your neck with my knee for nine minutes. Just let me do that. Yeah. And forget about every fucking thing else. Forget about what I might have done earlier that day. Forget about what you might have done, what you ate, all that. Throw all that out the window. Just go back to that one thing. Let me put my knee on your neck for nine minutes and have somebody else evaluate that situation and tell me if they think that's right or wrong. That's where we're breaking this down yeah. to. Okay? So I don't give a shit about nothing else but that. And if you can sit here and say, but, 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 no, 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 no buts. Just straightforward. Is it right or wrong? Right. And your answer is, yeah. well, you know what? That was fucking wrong. Then the conversation's over. Conversation's over. Black, white, all that's over with. What his actions yeah. were were wrong. And then there's a fucking penalty to pay for his wrongdoing. That's where we are. Give two shits yeah. about fentanyl if that was a thing, methamphetamine if that was a thing, if he had a criminal record. I can give two fucking shits about that. We're breaking down what's right and wrong. And so that's often what I find myself doing with friends on my friends list, trying to explain right and wrong. I'm yeah. not talking like a lawyer because I'm not. I'm not talking like a criminal investigator because I'm fucking not. But you can't tell me your eyes didn't see wrong and wrong led to death. And death is but, death. You know, America has this love affair with individuality. You know, yeah, we inhabit this this huge space together, but Americans don't give a shit about the person next to them. They don't. As a people, America does not give a fuck about Americans. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to really look at, you know, what we might call a truth like you just spoke but how can you not when you see what we do for other countries to perhaps maybe you know create better ties but then what we do at home is not creating a better <laughs> completely counter to what we yeah. do for everybody else it's not creating you know, a better our, society our does not come without a cost for the people who are supposed to benefit from it and that's unfortunate um you know it, it's 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 mind-boggling to me that you know we can do so much for so many other people, but we look at each other and we don't see humanity. Yeah, you know, we see adversaries. We 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 see somebody infringing on on our rights and our ability to do things. Um, you know, so I, I want to end with one one thing. I, and you know, I know this is. You, your final note, but this is something that happened to me uh, a couple of days ago. So I'm a disabled vet. I have one of those handicapped placards that I put in my car window. So a couple of days ago, uh, I went to the hardware store to try to find a breaker because one of the, the breakers in one of my rooms went out. And uh, I parked in a handicapped spot. I run in, and this, I hear this voice behind me. There's no fucking way you're handicapped. And I turn around, excuse me? He's like, there's no fucking way you're handicapped. What the fuck are you doing in that space? It's a little old white guy. I was like, man, you don't know my story any more than I know yours. Leave me alone. All right, so I'm talking to, to the lady who works in the store. She's trying to help me find his breaker, and he's still going at it. He's still going. You're, you're healthy. Look at you. You're strapping young black man. You're healthy. I said, look, man, stop trying to call me out up in here. You don't know my story. I'm not in your business. Stay the fuck out of mine, right? From a distance, he's still going, still going, still going. I've walked up to him probably a foot from his face because at this point I'm pissed. I said, motherfucker, I will kick your ass. 
stay the fuck out my business. And he quieted the fuck down, right? He quieted down. And I, I was already, I was pissed. I mean, I could feel my body shaking because I was so mad. And uh, the lady that was helping me, she's like, you were right to do that. He, he has nothing to do with your business. And I thought about it. My, my, there's a sense of calm that came over me, and I said to myself, don't let this shit in on a bad note. So I went and talked to the man. He was with his wife, and she tells me, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry. You know, he's got some issues. He's a, he's a vet. And I was like, look, ma'am, I'm a vet too. Talked to the old man for like 15 minutes, man. Nice conversation. We came to understand each other. And you know that's what's fucking missing in this country. That's what's missing. And the fact that you did, you know, did not you didn't leave the situation like it was because you're doing your part by going and addressing it. But even still, we talk about that anxiety, that mental stress. That right yeah. there, the fact that you had to go out of your way to make something right because of how you were perceived. You yeah. your look, your life you can't be disabled because perhaps I'm taking, you know, I didn't see the guy, but I'm taking his position. Perhaps he shows his disabledness. Perhaps he's old and rickety and this, that, and other. Yeah. But the moral of the story is he could not see you as a disabled vet because for whatever reason, you had to prove something to him, almost as if you had to pull out a certain, you know, piece yeah. of identification to state it. So, and I'm, I'm like, disabled vet card. And that's where it's, yeah. that's where it's an issue. That goes back to Sergeant yeah. Pentland at the beginning of the show. I don't mm -hmm. have to show you anything, sir yeah. or ma'am. I don't care how many barbecue Beckys we have and every dog park, Debra's and everybody else. They feel as if they need some type of insurance or assurance, yeah. I'm sorry, that I am who I a, say I am or I have the right to be wherever we are. I don't owe or you do anything. The that you're doing, you know, that, that that's iniquities we don't have to prove yeah. anything to anybody yeah. <laughs> and i'm tired of feeling you know the the pressures of other members other minorities that we see and hear their stories because they felt that way because their life take the situation lieutenant nazor was potentially on the line you know like i don't have to fucking prove to you anything just because you say and and most people think that that word comply doesn't come with other, you know, I guess anxieties or stresses, but it fucking yeah. does because you realize I had to belittle myself. I had to become mm -hmm. something for you to save my own fucking life that day. Yeah. You can't, that's what post-traumatic stress is, you know, just without perhaps maybe, you know, the mortars and gunfire. But even still, like, I'm forever going to be mentally scarred by this situation because yeah. am I not afforded the right to be an American citizen because of my skin color? And I just happened to meet somebody of an opposite skin color today that wanted to test it. And if I didn't show, mm -hmm. show him or her or say what they wanted me to say, then perhaps they could have ended my life. That is beyond fucking okay. stressful. And creates issues yeah. beyond the imagination at points, man. So, leaving on this uh, on that final note, 
um, black friends and knowing black people, that's uh, completely different, man. And um, I think Santa Sharp did an amazing job of speaking that way yeah. this this week, and I uh, had to bring that to the show, man. So that is all I, I have. A lot of things. I don't agree with him about, <laughs> you know, LeBron being the GOAT. But, yeah, he was on point with that one. He, he really he was. was. He really um, was. You know, in light of everything, you know, I, I, I hate to feel like, you know, we don't have any sense of power over at least our actions. Um, you know, that, and that's why I felt like, you know, let me, let me, at least from my, my mental well-being, I'm going to go talk to this man. So I don't have to review this thing in my head later on on what could have been done differently. Yep. And, and, you know, it speaks to that PTSD thing that, that we all, every black person, every minority in America has. Um, let me ask, let me ask you this. Have you ever been stopped by the cops and found yourself being placed in a less than comfortable subservient role because, you know, you don't have the power. And I, after that situation, you find yourself reviewing it over and over and over and you feel the weight of it. What could I have done differently? What could I have done differently? I don't like the way I feel because I felt like my manhood was taken away from me. One for those time. brief moments. Yep. There was one time in Texas that I felt that way. And um, I don't know, man. I, I was just really, really mad because, yeah, you know, and perhaps I was using my saving grace. I led with my, you know, military ID card and immediately he's like, I don't need to see that. I already knew it was going to be bad. Perhaps yeah. maybe he was like, you know, you don't need to tell me you're a uniform, you know, member, blah, blah, blah. Or perhaps he was just like, I don't give two shits about that. But it started bad right there for me. Yeah. Um, And no, I did not do a whole bunch of yes, sirs. No, sir. Because at that point I was like, whatever. But what happened in that situation is I had to stomach who he was as a person so shit wouldn't escalate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, he was very demeaning. He talked down on me. He was a bigger guy. Um, and I just felt like, you know, I just had to be like, all right. So I was super short. He's like, yeah, if you want to, you know, whatever, uh, go to court, this is the day. I was like, all right, cool, whatever, man. We done. He's like, yeah, you know, you don't have to have an attitude about the situation. I was like, whatever, man. He gave me the ticket and walked yeah. away. But I felt I was so yeah. fucking mad just because of I knew the way he came off. And I was like, he gets to do this at Liberty. Yeah. He just gets yeah. to do this, this every a, day. This is every fucking day for him. He can every just speak and talk like to people like, yeah. yeah, man, I'm not giving no format. If, within two seconds, five seconds, the first, you know, 10 seconds max of us communicating that determines whether or not formalities will be had. Oh, hands down. I'm not doing hands, all that. No, sir. Yes, sir. Down. Shit. You can hang it up. Down, man. Yeah. Um, my, my situation is pretty, pretty much the same as yours. You know, I know instantly right off the bat, you know, once I'm asked, uh, you know what I stop you for? And I'm like, no, I don't. How do you not know? And that, that next reaction, that next, mm -hmm. You know that that kind of spells out how this thing is gonna go, and I keep my my uh, comments to a minimum. Yep. You're not getting the respect that you you feel like you deserve. I'm not gonna disrespect you, but I'm not gonna play that role. You know, and and leaving, I'm usually you know in that moment I was I was so mad that I was shaking. You know, I why? 
Man, I say this very last thing before we get off. In the day and age that we live with all the technology having a car, don't even come to my fucking door. Yell that shit over yeah. the fucking horn. I mean, over the right, your right. your intercom. Because you can do that. PA, over the car PA system. You fucking can do that. So you can absolutely ask certain questions, and I can hear you. You can hear me. Do that shit over there, bro. Don't even come to my fucking car. Because if, if you an asshole... And my life may end up being taken tonight or somebody else's life may be taken in that situation. What the fuck? How was I supposed to respond? You know, like you pissed off, I'm pissed off. It's a lose-lose. And that's the problem. It is. It's a lose-lose. No matter what we do, it's a lose-lose. Now, I I, I can't say that every interaction I've had with cops has been that way. way. Dude, I got caught flat out speeding going 95 miles an hour one day. Fucking Phoenix PD car pulled up behind me, and I instantly put my hands out the window. Right, right. right. And he over his PA. He's like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't do that shit. I'm not gonna do. I, I'm not gonna hurt you. Oh, put your put your hands back in." I put my hands back in the in the the, uh, the car on the steering wheel. He walked up. He was like, "Yo, man, I'm not that cop. <laughs> I'm not him." It was a little short white guy. He was cool as fuck. Didn't even give me a ticket. Not every one of my my you know. I would say not every one of ours has right. been this very in true. a negative light, but those negative lights are so fucking heavy because they're so unnecessary. Got pulled over on 9-11 one day in Oklahoma, uh, not Oklahoma, I'm sorry, in Ohio, and I didn't have my top off, but it was in my passenger seat, and uh, yeah. he was like, you know what, man, thank you for your service, especially on a day like this, um, and I told him thank you for his, and he was just like, all right, just keep it down a little bit. Went on about his day. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying everybody needs to just, you know, write off things that happen. Was I speeding? Sure. Were you speeding? Sure. But I'm also stating there's situations in life that you don't understand. You're trying to do your job and somebody got something going on. Already, you know, we got to be able to communicate, but I might not want to communicate. You know what I mean? I might have had a fucked up argument with my wife. That doesn't give me the right to speed. Please do not, yeah. you know, mistake my words there. But there's got to be a little bit of understanding. And sure, perhaps maybe you do still end up giving me a ticket. But at least you're going to ask me some questions about the relevance of my well-being at that point. Sir, are you okay? Like, yeah. like no BS, all hands off. I'm not trying to cop this shit right now. But you just seem like, you know, something ain't right. You know what? If you can help a little girl get her kitty out the tree, you might be able to help a fucking person from taking a life later that day yeah. or take or on their way yeah. to take their life. So there's more to being a cop in my opinion, than just writing a piece of paper and throwing it in the fucking car. So I'm saying read, if you can read the fucking situation. Don't just come up asking mm-hmm. questions that I might not give two fucks about, you know? Yeah. And you know, you got to know how to carry yourself and be like, okay, yeah, maybe this person is being a little bit over aggressive talking about, you know, the, the person in the car, but that doesn't mean I need to get to that level. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have you sit right here. You know, I might call for backup. We're going to square it away, but we're going to make sure you can get off and get off safely without me having to really fucking go and damn Rambo this situation. That's all I'm saying. And we yeah. way over our time, man. <laughs> well said. Well said. Yeah, well over we, our time, well man. Over. Uh, that being said, hey, listeners, thank you. Uh, if anybody tuned in with us, uh, we appreciate the time. And, uh, you know, thanks for sticking with us through 
our third season, 16th episode. Absolutely. All right, until next time, see you on the doctor. You're going to have a good week.